Let's find out about the emergency rooms, which are vital at this time. We're joined by Dr. Brett Belchetz, who uh, joins us often on subjects like these, he himself being an emergency room doctor and 640's medical medical expert for the Toronto area. Hi, Brett. Uh, Hi there. Good morning. Good morning. Good to talk to you. Um, How are things in the emergency rooms? Well, there, there's certainly a, a fair amount of angst. I think angst amongst the patients and angst amongst the staff. I think we, we're seeing a, a fairly large surge of patients who are, I think, concerned that they themselves may be coming down with this virus, as well as many other patients who are coming in for routine matters who are very concerned about potentially being exposed to this while they're visiting the department. Now, obviously, from the healthcare provider perspective, I think there's a lot of concern because I think it's quite obvious that this is an infection that spreads easily, that healthcare workers across various countries have been exposed to quite easily, and some have had quite terrible outcomes from. And so certainly um, there's a fair amount of angst about, you know, our healthcare workers appropriately able to protect themselves during their shifts. And so, you know, I think that the overriding feeling is that, you know, we're in way better shape than we were many years ago during SARS. And I was uh, just finishing my medical training at that point in time and working on the front lines then. And I can say that our policies and procedures and protective uh, equipment is far, far better now. So I think you're seeing a much uh, less worried group of healthcare providers than, than during that outbreak. But certainly I would say there's just a, a general feeling of lots of volume and lots of unease on the front lines. It's interesting uh, you say that because, uh, as you, I'm sure, are aware, about an hour ago, actually at 10 o'clock, the um, uh, the various unions that represent, it started with the Ontario Nurses Association, but uh, uh, Hospital Association, um, Ho- Hospital Administrators Association, uh, the uh, Ontario Public Service Employees Union, and others, too numerous to mention, got together at Queen's Park, held a news conference and said, hey, we don't seem to be on the same page as the ministry in terms of the kind of equipment that's being routinely provided. We need thus and so. And I could get into uh, the, the technicalities, names that people are only trying to wrap their heads around, like N95 masks and uh, protective shielding and so forth, and the fact that uh, everything doesn't seem to be in sync. Is that something that you and your colleagues are, are seeing uh, on the ground? There definitely is uh, a somewhat short supply of some of the protective equipment. I know that overall as a region in Ontario, there is concern that we just don't have enough protective equipment. And there are recommendations um, that are very carefully telling us when to use protective equipment versus when not to. And I think it's the inclination of some providers that they should be wearing um, masks and face shields for every single patient now really just to, to minimize their chance with any encounter. Whereas the guidance that we're getting from the top level is to only wear protective equipment when it's the higher risk cases. And I think that that is certainly causing a little bit of discord between some of the frontline workers and, and the higher level authorities in that the higher level of prerogative and, and, and priority here is to try to preserve those very scarce resources in terms of protective equipment so that we have them when we really need them versus I, I think the preference of frontline workers, which is to say, you know, we just don't want to take any chances. So I think you're, you're seeing a lot of that. Uh, I think really the the overall culprit for this is just that we are in short supply of many of the things that we need. And and there's a a lot of reasons for that that range from the general public stockpiling a lot of the things that really uh, should only be getting purchased by healthcare professionals, some of the supply chain breakdowns that have occurred as a result of Chinese manufacturing uh, that has dissipated over the last couple of months, uh, and a number of other factors. So, So overall, yes, there certainly is uh, less than ideal situation in the front lines. But again, I would say uh, just even in terms of our processes for how we protect ourselves from patients, our willingness to put together highly protected screening centers, for instance, 
Um, my hospital, where I do most of my work, is, is instituting drive-through screening centers where there really is almost no contact between st- staff and people being screened. I think we are being a lot more proactive and a lot more careful than we were during the SARS outbreak. You uh, alluded to something when we uh, first started the conversation that had to do with people showing up in the emergency rooms and so forth. This is, uh, if we had nothing called COVID-19, you'd still be a little bit overloaded uh, at this time of year because it's the end of the flu season. And uh, one of the things that I hear, I've heard it from you, but from other emergency room people and uh, medical professionals in general, is that people say, well, you know, better safe than sorry. I've got the sniffles, but I got a headache. Maybe I should go to the emergency room and have a look-see. And, uh, um, so you get jammed emergency rooms with people who have the flu. Now, it's understandable that in these times, people are worried that maybe what they have isn't just the flu, and they should be concerned about uh, having COVID-19 themselves. With the screening centers, you may alleviate some of that. But are you finding some jamming up in the emergency areas for reasons where um, ordinarily people should just say, you know what, I'm going to stay home another day and see how this goes and take care of myself? Yeah, I, th- I think we're seeing emergency rooms that are very full. And, and as we've spoken about before, they're very full at the best of times and, and adding all of this extra anxiety and, and so many people that think that they might have a serious illness when maybe they do or maybe they don't in, in terms of if they have COVID-19. But the anxiety that comes around that potential diagnosis, even if you're a young, healthy person who probably will have no more than flu symptoms, all of this is adding to the to the sheer bulk of patients that we have to take care of. So it is certainly putting a strain on all of our frontline resources. I think as the screening centers that are being contemplated come online, and that's happening, uh, some of them are going online this week, some next week, um, that is going to take a big load off of the hospitals. The other thing I would just say to anybody out in the community that is listening is that if you have flu-like symptoms, uh, but you're not really suffering anything that is emergent, so you're not struggling to breathe, um, you know, you're eating and drinking well, it just feels like your typical flu, please do not rush directly to the emergency room. Uh, the only people really with COVID-19 that need to be coming into the emergency room, and this is if you do have confirmed COVID-19, and many of the people with those symptoms may just have a regular flu, but the only people that really do need to be coming in and using our emergency resources at this point in time are people who are having respiratory difficulty, who can't stay hydrated, who are having other emergency symptoms that are concerning. Uh, And really, I think for people that are coming to the hospital, what you have to recognize is that if you don't have COVID, you're coming into an environment where it is far more likely that others that are there will have COVID than in many other settings you might come to. And you're really taking a risk that you might be exposed when otherwise you wouldn't. So I would urge people who don't have emergency symptoms to to call public health lines, call telehealth, uh, take advantage of some of the new telephone services and virtual care services that the government is starting to authorize. Really do everything you can to be taken care of from home rather than coming to the hospital. Can I throw uh, an urban legend at you? Uh, it's being circulated in the community that if you want to know whether or not you've got problems with your lungs in the sense of COVID-19 or that kind of thing, hold your breath, take a great big deep breath, hold it, and in your head, count 1,001, 1,002, up to 1,010. And if you can't make it, maybe it's time to be seen. Is, does that have any any truth to it? It's funny that you mentioned that. Actually, my wife this morning uh, brought that up to me and asked me that same very question, and I hadn't heard of it until then. And uh, the reality is it is an urban legend. that There's not a lot of uh, evidence to support that that's effective in any way. What I would say is that, it, you know, if you have an infection and it has severely compromised your respiratory ability, uh, your ability to hold your breath for 10 seconds that way would be quite limited. But there are many people who are infected with COVID-19 who have minimal to no respiratory deficiencies. Uh, in fact, all they have is a little bit of flu-like symptoms. And for them, they will easily be able to pass that test. So certainly anybody who is doing that 
And as a result of being able to make it through that says that there's no way I have COVID. Uh, that is certainly not an accurate decision to be making. Okay. Good to talk to you. Thanks for taking care of the urban legend. And clearly the biggest message coming out of this is we have enough to do in the emergency rooms. If you're not feeling difficulty in breathing, if you're not running a high fever, hold off on running to the emergency room because you're probably putting yourself in increased danger rather than lesser danger. Absolutely. I think that's a great takeaway. All right. Dr. Brett Belchetz, always happy to have you on the program. 640 Toronto's medical expert and an emergency room doctor himself.